Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. I am super excited to have you on the Successfully Unemployed show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how everybody else in the world can actually quit their job, that nine to five J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by having investments to, to real estate, to be an entrepreneur, teaching people, coaching, all that sort of stuff. And I have an expert on who has many different streams of income, and she is fantastic at helping people as well. So I have Elizabeth Ralph here on the show. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I love the show. It's amazing. I love all that you're teaching people. And my God, why didn't you have this show when uh, I did this 12 years ago? <laughs> I started this process. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I remember when you and I met, we met probably a couple of years ago at a conference. And as we were talking um, at the first time, we, we, we hit it off. We hit off really well, just talking about business and all that great stuff. And I'm going to have to say, just starting off the entire podcast episode, I absolutely have to thank you for getting me starting on this successful unemployed show. I'll give everybody a quick, brief background. So I've known Elizabeth for a few years now, and we met up at this last conference in 2019 in September, and she and I were talking, and I was talking about master passive income, saying how I wanted to create like an author passive income, blogger passive income, like other companies, other businesses and websites to teach people other ways to make money. And she, Elizabeth stops and looks at me and she goes, so why do you want to do that? Are you bored with master passive income? And that question literally floored me. I realized, oh my goodness. Even though Master Passive Income yeah. is great, I love it. I'm not building it anymore. I need to build something. And that really sent me down. Like a, I, I took a long walk by myself. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> it was that question from Elizabeth. <laughs> and this is what she does. She's really, really good at this, helping everybody to really understand, not necessarily who they are, but like ask deep questions that really get you thinking. So from there, I scrapped all those other ideas. And I said, I have Master Passive Income, which is fantastic. But what I love is successfully unemployed, teaching people how to be successfully unemployed. That's what the overarching thing was. And from Elizabeth's one question, are you bored with master passive income? See, I realized that I'm a builder. I need to keep building. And with master passive income, I've built so much stuff. I need something new to help me get creative. And your question, Elizabeth, was absolutely spot on. And then from there, I started realizing successfully unemployed is what I need to now, now build. And so now I've been pushing forward. Do you remember that conversation that we had? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember it so clearly. And, you know, part of it is and part of coaching is really listening. And so I think you and I had had we'd spent quite a bit of time together for throughout that couple of days. Right. And so it was really just a culmination of just sort of almost weaving the strings together, right? Um, sort of listening to, you had almost told me that in a way, it was just me putting it in in a different form, right? To re-delivering it back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because as I was expressing, I was using so many words to express 
how I'm feeling. And you're listening, taking it all in. That's something you're really good at. And then figuring out, you know, deep, what's, what's the underlying things we should talk about. And then the boom, it hit me. And then I was, as I was walking through that conference, the conference is called FinCon. It's a great, great conference. We love it. Um, yes. I was wearing a t-shirt that said successfully unemployed. And after all yes. this, when I was, went home, I was like, I really want to start something about successful employed. And so this is a culmination of everything is this podcast and everything we're doing. So man, Elizabeth, I just, I'm so, so excited and so blessed to have you here on the show. It's kind of a roundabout or, or, or a full circle, like having you here on the show now. So let's, let's talk about jumping yeah. into how do you make money? Cause I know you have multiple streams, but how do you make money to provide for yourself mm -hmm. and your family? Well, I have a lot of streams of income actually, and I can get into those. Um, but they aren't ones that I just started yesterday. I started this process about 12 years ago when I was working in a corporate job and I was just, even though it was a great job, I loved it. I loved my team. I loved the job. It was working in the energy industry. So I was a financial executive. So I did energy trading of oil and natural gas, and I was designing products for like Target and Walmart and all that, like they don't buy their energy from the utility. They buy their energy on the market, right? So it was a great, great job, but I knew something was telling me that I didn't want to be in corporate for the rest of my life. As a matter of fact, I didn't want to be in corporate when I turned 40 and it just hit me one day. So the way to do that, I thought is I have to buy my way out of this, right? I didn't want to just go down to nothing. I mean, nothing wrong with the people that leave their jobs and put a backpack on. That's great too, you know, and travel around, but I didn't want to do that, right? I, you know, I, I have horses and things like that. And uh, I wanted to be able to do this in a pretty seamless way. Um, you know, everything's not perfect when you leave, of course, you know, and you still have all that fear that goes into it, right? But, um, I was like, how can I make this easy for myself? And so luckily I worked in finance. So I ended up putting a financial strategy together for myself, which basically is built on blending assets, right? And just basically not assets in terms of, okay, stocks and bonds, not that type of assets within a portfolio. I really look at things as more of a 50,000 foot level, kind of a whole world asset. That could be a business, it could be real estate, it could be an investing account, uh, your retirement, all of that. And I sort of just layered those in. And the interesting thing is that's the same framework that I now teach in, in my company, right? So it was just like, okay, well, I, I did this, I learned this, it was powerful. Now, how can I, you know, repackage this and kind of push it out to the world? And now other people are doing it as well. But yeah, so I really started with that. And um, yeah, each, each layering income, but I think really, really what was the thing that gave me the confidence to leave was the real estate, to be honest with you, Dustin. And you know that as well. That was, I'm not sure if it's just because it's a physical asset or there's, there's psycho, there's psychology behind our money and decisions and stuff. But I wanted to, my goal was to cover my, just my basic cost of living with real estate. You know, it didn't have to be covering the vacations and all of that stuff, but, um, then, and that's going to be different for everyone. I don't believe there's ever a right or wrong answer. It's really about you set that. Yeah, I, I absolutely, there, there's um, definitely one thing I want to touch on with real estate was when, as I was buying my first property, I still had my job. I still was able to provide for my family and take care of the needs and necessities, but I bought one piece of real estate. 
and then save money, then bought another one, then save money and bought another. And all the while, still working, even though I was like, I really want to leave, but I just wasn't ready. I, I had a wife too. She said like, you're not going to quit your job with just two properties. <laughs> you got to keep working. So I worked for another four or five years, yeah. got plenty of properties. And after about 30 properties, I was like, why am I still working here? And so I was able to quit. Mm-hmm. It was because now I think it was definitely having the, so many responsibilities. And it's probably also in me. Like it's, I'm, I'm very risk tolerant. Like I can take a lot of risk, but not providing for my family is not a risk I would definitely take. And so you're absolutely right. Real estate was something that I said, I can definitely go behind now that I have real estate, just like you have so many more streams Mm -hmm. of income. And also one thing I want to also touch on is that you became an expert because you went through it all yourself, grading, getting all these assets, all these um, uh, streams of income. And now you're also making money, showing people how to do the exact same thing, getting financially grounded. Also, even, I mean, like I said in the beginning of the show, you're really great at asking fantastic questions, getting underlying things to help people to get past themselves, which is really, really good. So it now you started and you were uh, selling energy or you're you know part of the corporate world, getting out. Talk to us about that fear of jumping out. Now you had a little bit of real estate, you had other strings of income coming in, but you had horses, you had your houses, like you had things you got to take care of. Talk to us about that fear of leaving that corporate job and how, like, was it really, really hard to do or was it something that was easy for you? No, actually, uh, to be totally honest with you, I started on the financial strategy and I got about three, four years into it. And I started losing steam on it. Honestly, I was like, I remember coming home from work and just lying on the floor in front of the French doors and just like being like, how can I do this? How can I keep going with this? Um, it was, it was something that, you know, I believed in and I knew that I needed to do, but about three to four years into it. And remember, this was a decade long plan that I'd set for myself, right? Cause I also wanted to really build up retirement at the same time. And I was working on lowering my cost of living and I was doing, it's multifaceted, right? So um, about three to four years into it, um, I started losing steam and I thought that I was not going to be able to do it. And the interesting thing is I ended up going on vacation. Uh, My wife's from Australia, so we go to Australia once a year to see her family. And we were there in Australia and I was sitting there we went to this beach and you know every beach in australia pretty much feels like a private beach because like once you get outside of the city you drive 15 minutes out of the city and it's like where are all the people right and i remember sitting on this beach but i was still feeling so heavy you know that heaviness of work where you feel like you constantly need to check in and check emails and all of that um and I was like you know i don't even feel like i'm on vacation i'm wasting my vacation not being on vacation And all of a sudden, this kangaroo, I kid you not, jumps out of the brush behind us and comes up to us. And it was like it rocked my whole world. It was just, it shook me. I was like, kangaroos, I've been to Australia several times. Kangaroos do not hop up to people. It literally hopped up and it took a Cheeto out of my hand and it started eating the Cheeto. (laughs) I was blown away. Even my wife, who's Australian, she's just looking around. She's got the video camera. We still have the video of it, right? And I don't know. It was like a bolt of lightning or something. I just looked at this kangaroo and this whole situation and the freedom of this beach and everything. And I thought, you know what? If this kangaroo can create its own freedom, 
I should be able to do it too. This kangaroo basically made its own rules and is saying, this is the way I'm living my life. And so, you know, it's, no, I'm so connected to horses spiritually that it's, it's no, you know, it's not an accident. It had to be a, an animal that taught me this. Right. But, uh, yeah. So after that I flew home and I was like, okay, I have new vigor with this right after that. I, instead of it just being about me right after that, I don't, I don't remember exactly how, but I ended up getting more aligned with horses and horse rescues. And all of a sudden my purpose bubbled to the surface as being something really important. Right. And you can probably understand that because it's just like what you said with your family and your kids, right? That's not, that's not questionable, right? You are going to take care of your family, right? And so that gives you purpose, something to like grab onto. And so I realized that the reason I was faltering, so to speak, is because I wasn't operating based on this enormous sense of purpose. And so being able to be intertwined with horses and having this wanting and this desire to help horses, because there's a lot of horses that get shipped about 150,000 a year, they get shipped across the border that have nowhere to go. And so they just, you know, um, they're from the racing industry, they're taken off the, the BML land, all that. So once I found that, it was like I jumped on a magic carpet all of a sudden. So I'd gone from walking to jumping on a magic carpet. <laughs> so that whole story of being in Australia and having a kangaroo come up to you, that is just, that, that is something that most people would not normally get to experience, but that's something that's really, really powerful that really rocked you. And then now you're like, you know, I really need to do this. I love it. Now you have multiple streams of income. Let's take your favorite. What's your favorite stream of income right now? And how did you get started doing that? Uh, well, real estate is still, I would say a dominant one, both financially and also, uh, favorite wise. Um, we did have a vacation rental up until end of 2019. So basically we were running full-time rentals and a vacation rental. When I started in vacation rentals, I started it in 2012 and the profit margins were astronomical because I was having to explain to everyone what the VRBO and Airbnb were. I remember having that conversation. They're like, what's Airbnb, right? But, you know, that has since changed and all of that. So then, you know, we sort of made the decision to <clears throat> kind of streamline it. And that's one of the things that I think people don't realize is that um, when you have all of these different streams of income, it doesn't mean you have to have them forever. Actually, it's better to sort of have them ebb and flow because what it does is it is more so than anything, it gives you options. So then we had that option to say, well, let's kind of shift out of that. And we did it for a reason. You know, we did it to free up some time. And also, you know, it just wasn't worth it anymore for us with it for the amount we were making. Right. So that it's down in San Diego that turned to a full time rental and that's fine. Um, my focus right now. Uh, is definitely on my business and that is growing and growing as a bigger and bigger stream of income. So now I've sort of like applied the same principle to my business, right? Because that's what we can all do. Like we can all create these assets. And I guess one thing that I'd like for people to realize and what, you know, if someone could have told me this a while ago is that you can have multiple streams of income, but that doesn't mean that it's going to take up more of your time. 
And you know this, Dustin, because what happens is you create one, you build a system around it, you create another one, you build a system around it. So that's kind of my focus now is definitely in financial story, which is teaching people how to effectively do this and be their own money managers and learn how to sort of, it's, it's not just about lining up the pieces in terms of the financial options out there. Of course, you have to know all the tools that you can use, but it's also how to get people to tap into their own financial intuition. And that comes from exactly what I said, having that bigger purpose, getting that momentum. And also in terms of recognizing the big waves of the things that are going on out there, right? Like, just like when I started the vacation rental in 2012, that was a big wave, being able to get in on the beginning of something like that, right? Those opportunities, I mean, people think, okay, you know, all these opportunities are in the past, but I'm here to tell you, there's even more opportunities in the future, but it's positioning yourself now to be able to see those opportunities. That's the key, be ready for those. And seeing them is absolutely key. But then also, like you just said, being ready to take that opportunity, having yourself like if you're just working a normal everyday J-O-B, that nine to five, just over broke job, and you're just grinding it day in and day out, you're living just over broke. You don't have any extra money saved. It might happen to where there's a great deal on a property that you might want to buy and rent out or even flip. But if you don't, if you're not ready, if you haven't learned how to do it, if you haven't saved up any money, I'll give you an example. So recently, as we are literally recording right now, we're in the coronavirus stuff going on right now. And this is about mm-hmm. a week after all the quarantine, like let's get, let's do the quarantine. And as soon as they started doing the quarantine, um, stocks started free falling. They literally started free falling, going so bad. And I got wind of a stock and I'm, I, I hate stocks personally, but it was on sale. Everything was so on sale. I didn't see, I invest in real yeah. estate. I took all my money. I literally cashed out 401ks, everything and bought real estate. And I make so much more money doing that. But I said, I have a little bit of extra money. Let me just see if I can, it's like gambling. I go to a casino. If I bring a hundred dollars to casino, I know I'm going to lose it. I know without it, but if I get it back, Hey, Hey, that's great. So I took a thousand dollars or $1,500. I took $1,500 recently. There's a stock and I don't know if I, I, I don't want to hesitate saying the stock because I don't want anybody to go out and buy it, but not meaning like not to go up. I just don't want, if it goes down, I don't want to be blamed. Hey, right. you know, I know. I hate that. Yeah. So <laughs> right. uh, anyways, this stock is heavily on um, like events. It's an event company mm-hmm. and it was at $70 a share. Well, I had a little bit about money left or, you know, extra that I was thinking, you know what, let me just see if I could do it. Well, it went from $75 a share in a week or less than a week. It went down to $22 a share, but it's a solid company. It's been at $70 a share for like five years. It's a solid company. And I thought, hey, it's on mm-hmm. sale now. And so me obviously seeing the market, being ready and understanding what's going on, I said, let me put $1,500 towards the stock. So I put it $1,500 and literally it's been a week that I've owned it. I've already gained from $1,500. It's already gained from $30 when I bought it to $45 a share. I'm up like $800 in investing $1,500. So all that to say by having, being ready for the opportunity, educating yourself, number one, that's the, that's something that um, Elizabeth's fantastic at is getting you in a position where you can take advantage of these opportunities, but then also being able to see those. I know so many people right now are realizing like, oh my goodness, I, I'm getting laid off because I, there's no work. Nobody's out traveling or whatever it might be. But if you're ready and you have these opportunities come up, you can jump on them. So Elizabeth, how do we, 
from from real estate because there's we can talk all about real estate, but there's so much more I want to talk about getting extra or other streams of income. So real estate is absolutely one. Now I do mm-hmm. want to quickly touch on before we get onto other streams of income. Um, Airbnb and VRBO, those VRBO is basically the same thing as, as Airbnb, very, very similar vacation rental type stuff. So right now when literally nobody can travel, Airbnb is probably Mm -hmm. not the best one. I love my long-term tenants. They're still in there and they're still going to stay. So what are your thoughts right Mm -hmm. now quickly about the Airbnb and VRBO model when nobody can travel? Well, I do know people who still have some Airbnbs and, um, I honestly, I was thanking my lucky stars when all of this hit that I didn't, because here's the thing I don't think people realize is that you're not only getting the cancellations going forward, but you also, you have to give all the money back that you've gotten from people that have already booked in before. And so for that really hit people hard on that. Now I know people who are in the Airbnb forums right now. And you know, there are some people out there that are booking vacation rentals just because they're quarantined and they just want to go someplace new. But I think that's more of the rarity than anything. Um, I would say, Definitely, I lean towards the full-time rentals, but but even without what we have going on, I lean towards the full-time rentals now just because the vacation rental market is just like any other market and the profit margins, they're, they're squeezed. And so it's great. I actually think that it's it's really great for someone who, if they have a home and they want to, let's say they want to go camping on the weekends or they want to go away for travel themselves for one for a week, a month great earn extra income like that but now to have a whole separate setup um unless you're doing it just to get into property i wouldn't say that it's a huge driver for me personally and like i said i've been running one since 2000 i ran it from 2012 to 2019 and you know my profit margins were about eight times higher back in 2012 than they are now. So. And I remember talking to you back in 2019, we were at the conference talking about real estate and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, that's, I think Airbnb and that, that uh, short-term rental is a, it can be a good part of your business model. I believe it should not be your whole business model. Cause there are people that are no. literally creating entire business models about all Airbnb. Well, you are literally getting destroyed right now if you did have that. So I would personally, and this is what I do personally have, a bunch of properties, but I have maybe 10% in Airbnb, but I love the steady stream of income. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a place to live. Not everybody needs a place to go vacation to, especially in times like this. Okay. So now we have, let's say we're starting to get into real estate and we may have one or two properties, but we realize we want to have multiple streams of income. What should we do? Um, what's the first step to, to getting that second stream of income outside of real estate? Well, I mean, I think you hit it on the head a few minutes ago where first thing you have to do is get yourself in line. And so uh, first first line of attack is really, okay, figuring out, um, setting everything up and managing your money in a different way, right? Probably even creating a different relationship with money, to be totally honest with you. Because the reality is, if you were ready and prepared to do it today, you would have already done it. So there's something that's standing in your way, either, like we said, asking the right questions, sort of weeding things out, finding your purpose, tapping into something, 
or it's just really like looking at what are you spending now? I don't like budgets. I hate budgets actually. So I teach people a different way. I gamify the whole money management thing and I use YNAB, which you, you know, that's a, an amazing tool. And we have challenges within the group and we come in and like, we're like, okay, who can lower their cost of living again by 2% and who, who did this? And, you know, everybody's swapping. Oh, I called my insurance company and I just saved $571 and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like cool, fun things like that. So I would say that is the first step right there. And then there are, I mean, another source of revenue for me is um, stocks. Okay. Personal investing account, right? I, I love that. That's a fantastic opportunity right now. Now there's so much volatility in the market right now. Okay. So we know that, but like you say, yes, I think everybody's aware that things are on sale. I personally think that um, we're seeing a lot more of this volatility just because of the way that we actually trade today versus the way that we used to trade, right? So we used to trade and we all bought individual stocks. And so we saw the volatility look more like an EKG. Now what we're seeing is we're seeing these giant moves, right? It's just like, oh my God, 900 points or whatever. Well, I think, yes, there is, of course, volatility and the scare factor out there, but I think we can almost, we've got to put on a new lens with these because right now you've got a lot of uh, hedge fund managers that are doing this. You've got people covering positions, but you've also got, they're trading in ETFs. So no different than we used to buy energy in blocks for, you know, giant corporations. It's now trading more so in blocks. So I think that people kind of need to take that with a grain of salt and be not as afraid. So I would say that's a really good, easy one on the table right now. Um, Definitely for that. Another thing is uh, another stream of income that I have coming in, which I love right now is, you know, I love coaching, right? We talked about that. So I wanted to pursue that even more, right? I wanted to get out there and I wanted to coach more and more people. So what I did is I joined a coaching team of a giant, bigger organization. And so then they trained me as a coach. So now then I coach my people even better. Plus it's an organization that I look up to. Actually, my mentor, James Wedmore, he runs that. And I just, it's amazing. And I just get to be part of the team, which sort of brought me back because that that's the only thing I miss about corporate, actually. I love working in a team. I love the whole co-creation. We all come together and like solve things together. And so that brought that wonderful thing back into my life. But again, that's something that's just adding. So when you look at all of these different assets and these streams of income, you have to ask yourself, are they working together in some way? And are they a win-win for each other, right? So I always, when I'm layering them in, and that's why it comes down to the answer has to come from you. Just like the answer had to come from you on what to do in your business, it has to come from you. So I, I never give people advice. I basically just like look through the haystack and I'm like, what's your best answer? Because if it comes from you, it's never wrong if it comes from you. That's great. And it absolutely applies to you because it is coming yeah. from you. And I'll give you an example with what I was doing with Master Passive Income. So Master Passive Income is where I teach real estate and how to invest in rental properties. And as I was growing the business, there was only so much more that I can do. And I'm a builder. I love building. If I'm not building something big, something big, um, I'm not happy. And so I just got to so like, just, oh, I got to do something else. And 
as we were talking, I love your idea of like, are they actually going to work together? And all these other site, like random things about like blogger passive income or pa uh, uh, author passive income or podcaster passive income, they ne didn't necessarily help with master passive income. And, and as we were talking, I thought, you know what I could do is if I start something like successfully unemployed, getting a podcast where I'm teaching people and I have experts on like you, Elizabeth, coming on and teaching us how to do something that as that gets more popular, that will absolutely bring me and like, like what I teach in master passive income up. So as more people find out about successful employee, that goes up, it's going to bring master passive income up because they're going to know me and they're also going to find me through real estate. And so you hit it right mm -hmm. on the head is these streams of income. They don't have to be completely separate. I'll give you an example. So I have my rental properties. I have I have 30 plus properties. They make me, I love them. They make me so much money. It's that's literally how I was able to quit my job. And from there, it's related is I started master passive income where I started teaching people. And the reason why I started teaching people, because people would ask me, how are you making money without working a job? Like, why are you quitting? I'm like, because I can. And then the next question is always, can you show me? Like, how did you do it? How Can you show me how to do it? And so from there, I realized related was I have real estate. I can also show people. I'm absolutely an expert in how to do it, or at least my way of doing it. There's plenty of ways to do it. I have my way. And so that's related. So master passive income, it really helps me in my own real estate. I get more people that want to invest with me. So like you're saying that they're connected. And then from there, successfully unemployed is connected because it's through me, through master passive income. So I love those ideas of making sure they're absolutely, they're working together as best you can. Now, talk to us. You, you did talk to us a little bit about systems because when you said that you had, you, you're able to create them and it doesn't take 100% of your time but you do need to create processes and systems in order to, well, they, they continually work. What should we do in creating, if we have everything mapped out, we're not necessarily mapped out, but we have one, two or three streams of income, but we're taking so much of our own personal time on them. How do we then develop systems to then run those businesses for us? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it, it, it extends from exactly what we're just talking about, really, because it, right now, and I would say definitely in today's society, it is all about um, leveraging your assets, right? To build generational wealth, long-term wealth. So you can get options and all of that. But in terms of just even thinking about your different, yourself, your different streams of income, how do that, how can you leverage them off of one another? If you're, if you, like you said, if you need to learn something from one and then you apply that to the other, then you're doing double duty, right? Because the thing is, and I think that that's actually going to be the big separator for um, business owners in the future actually is how well they're able to zoom out and then actually leverage the pieces that they have going on in their life and make sure that they're operating at like a three to one ratio. Okay. I go do this once, right? Well, just like, you know, recording a podcast, you put it on YouTube. That's a leverage factor, right? It's how can we apply that leverage factor to our money and to the decisions that are within our life? And I think that in itself becomes a system. And I think on top of that, and, you know, cause I work with God, probably coach 50, 60 entrepreneurs a week. So I really get to see a lot of what's going on out there in terms of business and sort of like what people are talking about and all of that. So um, I think that honestly, the the ones that I'm seeing the, be the most successful right now are the ones who can 
really take the ball and run with it on just a few things. And that might sound awkward that I said, okay, I have all these multiple streams of income, but you got to take the ball and run on a few things. But what I'm really saying is conceptually, idea-wise, business-wise, take the ball and be really, really good. Go deep on a few things because we are on an information overload right now, all of us. And you can go out there and look up anything on YouTube or, or Google, right? We all know that, right? You can go out there and look up anything. It's the people who are actually taking a certain amount of knowledge and applying it and applying it in a new way and succeeding at it and then going out there and teaching someone else, right? Or then applying it in a new way to their life. Does that make sense? It sure and does. And that's something that I probably I probably wouldn't have realized that if someone had just said, oh, go, you know, have 10 streams of income. I, I probably would have missed that, you know? There's a, a friend of ours, both of ours, um, his name's Tom Sylvester. One thing that he said yeah. that um, in, in this interview, I think he was like episode number three, I think two or three. But anyways, one thing he said was he loves multiple streams of income, but he also thinks that everybody needs a one river of income. So where is your main source of income? And then you start building out one and the other. So we don't attack like a hundred different things or even 10 things at once. We attack one at a time. And once that starts getting really solid, then we can divert a little bit of time because we have systems. We have processes in place so that the business can continue to grow on its own. Once you have that, then you're able to say, let me grab another stream of income and bring that in. And so I like that idea of mm -hmm. what you're saying is we're also not just creating systems, but uh, procedures and having and, and leveraging our knowledge that we currently have. Now, you did say something I want you to touch on a little bit more, the three to one ratio. What does that mean? And how can we implement that into our business in our life? Well, everything that you see in front of you on your to-do list uh, or, or things that you have in your mind as your vision and your goal, you can just ask yourself, how can I use this in other areas of my life? And by asking, because, you know, the quality of life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask, right? So if you keep asking yourself that question and then you start eliminating the things that you only can do, like get leverage factor one, then that's going to naturally lead you and direct you into more of what you want to do or more of that intuition side of you it's really going to bubble up because if you're doing something and you get to leverage that three times i mean amazing right you might record something and then you might have it as a free course for someone right or you might use the audio of it or you might chop it up and put it in videos or something like that you know absolutely and you you said something that was really profound and, and it came out of your mouth as simply because you're really good at it. I need you to show us how to do this. You said, uh, how, how you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It's the questions that we need to ask ourselves. You said it in a certain way. I can't completely picture it in my brain how you said it. But it was like our quality of life is related mm-hmm. to with the questions that we ask ourselves. So... How do we ask mm-hmm. ourselves the right questions? Because that one question you asked me, are you bored with master passive income? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize about myself. I, I knew that I was a builder. Like I build things. I build big companies. I, that's what I love doing. But I wasn't doing that anymore. And that's where I was really getting let down. But that question really blew me away. How do we ask the right questions? Yeah. And you know what? You've hit on actually, in my opinion, the key to ultimate like huge success because asking better questions of ourselves in my opinion is what separates a lot of people out there who were trying to start a business and just barely getting along versus people who were like having seven figure launches it's all about asking themselves better questions because my favorite saying and i say this all the time is you can't read the label from inside the jar And it's a really old saying, but there is so much incredible truth to it because what happens is we do all of these things in our life and we get success from it. And that's just, it sort of becomes our norm. So it's almost like we have this model or all these limits built up in our mind, right? And what we don't realize, because that's our version of normal. And what we don't realize is that something new comes in, some new piece of information. And what we're really doing is we're taking that information in, but we're only deciding inside of our own little area, right? So if you think of it, we're all stuck inside of our own backyards. And so then, then something comes over and lands in our yard and we're not really truly looking at it the way that we could be. We're looking at it based on the only way that we know how our normal. And so by that's what you and I did basically is just by listening and listening, then I was able to sort of pick up on, well, what does Dustin's, what do his fences look like? What do his lines look like? What is he good at? You know, and especially I remember you telling me that you were a builder and I'm like, well, he's a builder. He's already built it. And so then from there, it's like, you know what I'm saying? So you, once you really start to realize that, and this is difficult to be honest with you, it's difficult to do on your own. And I tried to do it for myself for a long time. And there are some techniques and I will give you guys some techniques to do it. But I did not actually take off in my business until I started getting coaching. I struggled for quite a bit because when I came out of corporate, I was that world. I was, you know, I had made it, I was like three down in a $300 million company. And so I was operating in a certain level. 
I was, and you could not have told me this at the time either, by the way, I was like, oh, no, no, I'm just going to really be like a fish to the water, to a water being an entrepreneur. No, I was so not, I was so not right. I remember my wife telling me one day, she goes, you're so good at representing other people's products, but you're not going to be good at representing your product until you realize you are the product. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, things like that, like this, that outside, right? So I realized in October of 2018 that something profound needed to change with me because if I didn't change it, I was just going to end up pressing repeat over and over and over. And we do that. We all do that to a certain level. We press repeat and we justify it. And we're really, really good justifiers, right? So I actually, I pulled the plug. I was like, okay, so it was 2018, October, and I basically just put in the clutch on my business and said, I'm just spending three months going into coaching and personal development and all of that. Dustin, it was life-changing when I came out. I think it was like a week after I came out of that, I had filled a group coaching program. I put a whole new version of this thing together. I was, I was like off to the races, literally, after that. So- I'm not saying that everyone needs that, but I'm saying that it would not do anyone any harm. <laughs> right. And I wholeheartedly agree that coaching, mentoring, however it is that you can get to somebody yeah. who has already done what you're trying to do, or even if it's somebody that mm -hmm. is just going to ask you the right questions, like Elizabeth did with me to say, Hey, here's the question. And from there changing everything that I do. So Everything that I do for Master Passive Income, even real estate, successful and employed, everything in my business, I'm looking at what other people do and what their success at. I'm definitely not that creative. I'm not, I, I don't create things from scratch. That's just not what, I'm not good at that. I take it, see what everybody else is doing. And I say, you know what? I could probably do it better than that, or at least my version of better and put it out there and I can help people. And that's the great thing about successful and employed master passive income, everything that you're doing, Elizabeth, you're helping, we're helping people. That's what we love to do is we love to mm -hmm. help people. And the yes. more people that we help, the better our businesses do, the better we do. Also, the better we feel like when my students buy their first property or even quit their job because they've already bought so many properties. I feel like I just won the lottery. Like oh, this is the best day ever because oh it's, 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 you're helping them. They're seeing the value in it and they are taking action and their lives are changed. They, I went, when my students look at me and said, Dustin, it's because of you that were like this. I like, Oh, that makes me that that's worth every penny. Like every bit of all the time that they be spent hundred percent worth it. That's the only thing that, that really kind of every time I bring on a new student, I'm looking forward to that. Like that's my goal is to get them to where they can say, Dustin, this is all because of you and the systems that you put in all the time that you gave. I'm like, that's, that's what I'm looking forward. So I love that. Now, when you're coaching somebody and, and I agree as a coach, you have to know how to ask the right questions, but as you're coaching somebody that comes to you and they say, well, Elizabeth, I have, I have my job and I really want to create streams. I already have a couple of real estate. I, I'm, I'm going to start teaching somebody how to, I don't know, grow chickens in their backyard online. Cause I think that's might be a market, whatever it might be. That's, you know, it's not here nor there <laughs> if that's yeah. the right thing to teach. But <laughs> right. if what would be a good question that would help somebody to now realize now I can start scaling either multiple streams in stay scaling into multiple streams or start scaling into 
my first or second stream and make them those bigger so I can actually quit my job? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would say the first thing that I would do, of course, is say, describe it to me, right? So, uh, describe exactly what you want to do and even tell me why, right? Go a little bit deeper into it, right? Cause that in itself, and you can do this on your own. So you, you can just write it down, right? Write down all of, of these goals, right? On one page. And then the next page, write why you want to do those actually. And then you'll, you'll start to see, and you'll start to understand a little bit more. Um, then actually, once you start putting, uh, things in place and you start actually working towards that, what typically comes up is there's some resistant points along the way, right? I love that you said that, you know, you're not creative, which you probably are. That's probably a story you're telling yourself, right? But I'm the flip side of you, right? So I am not a builder. I'm a creator, right? So I, what happens is we need to sort of get out um, who are we and what are we more geared towards doing? And something that I see that, le that really helps people skip to the front of the line. And I did not do myself, but I would do if I were, had to do it over again is to s not beat myself up about not being able to do those other things. Great. Because I think as an entrepreneur, we think, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do every single thing of it. Right. There are so many ways to bring on someone else, even when you're small and you're starting out and you can pay someone $12 an hour and just do three or four hours a week, if nothing else for that, to get those wheels going. And also you'll start to see, cause your process is going to break down. You're going to get to a thing that you need to do to build this business that you absolutely don't want to do. And so instead of not doing that, that's your resistant point. That's what you're looking for. And then ask yourself, why am I not doing that? And the way that you ask yourself why you're not doing it is go, what am I feeling when, when I envision going, like a lot of people don't want to go on live video. Well, if you don't want to go on live video, but that's in your plan and you know, you need to do that to build an audience, then you just, you literally have to be aware of that. You ask yourself, what is the emotion that I'm feeling around that? Well, I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling like I won't know what to say, or I'll get caught or blah, blah, blah. And you have to, that is your, that is gold. Because that single thing that's holding you up doing that is going to hold you up to do 500 other things in your business. And so the way to skip to the front of the line is to use those to your advantage instead of pushing them away. Use that and then go through and dig down on that. Go get a coach or get someone that you trust or whatever and ask them about it, right? But be rigorous about moving past and not allowing yourself to stay in that same yard really, really be on top of, okay, I'm going to climb out. I'm going to go into this next one and this next one and this next one, because the person that, that seven figure launch, uh, entrepreneur, that's not actually the person that you are today, but you want to be that person. So you have to start making decisions like that person would, right? They wouldn't sit in their own stuff, right? They would go, wait, I'm having an issue with this. Either I'm going to go out here. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. Move on. Right. That is a sign of people who are really successful. You know what they do? They, they, going back to exactly what we talked to them about at the beginning, they're ready to take advantage of the opportunities, right? You give me a great piece of, of advice, or I learned something from you. I'm in a position where I can take it and run with it. I can take that ball and run with it, right? It's the people who get left behind who are so inundated with this to-do list that they, they're just, 
trying to navigate around and they can't get through it and it becomes walking in mud and they feel overwhelmed and they feel like they don't have enough time. So that is, if I could do this, I think I could have literally, honestly, Dustin, I could have saved myself two to three years if, um, if I had heard this conversation and really taken it to heart. I, I completely agree with you. Um, everything that you said, and even just talking to other people, having them give you their perspective on your business or anything like that. Um, and networking with other people is something that I love to do. And that's how we met is through going to conferences and networking. Because of that, I my grew, my business grew so much better and faster. So from 2015, when I started Master Passive Income to 2017, I was literally floundering. I was just uh, putting in little things here, here and there. And then I went to my first conference for the business in 2017 and you and I met, I believe it was in 2018 and then 2019. So my business literally skyrocketed from 2017 on. And if I would have started so much sooner networking, getting coaching, basically working with others, getting out of my yard, my backyard, like you're saying, if I would have done that sooner, I'd be so much further along. And so I agree. Now there was one thing that I do want to touch on because it is it's it's great to get out of the yard and try to go out. But it, let's say right now, I want to be introspective. What are some tools, before we get into the rapid fire round, what are some tools mm. that, or questions, or how can we look at ourselves and ask the right questions in ourselves, even though it's really hard, you know, we need, it's, it's helpful to have other people look at us, but are there any tools or anything that we can do to look at ourselves and ask questions for ourselves? Yeah. So, um, going back to that. So really, honestly, your, uh, your body is going to tell you the answer. It's just that what we've done is we have conditioned ourselves to be so stimulated by the outside world that we're always just like picking up on, you know, everything that's going on out here. Right. So, uh, if you find yourself not wanting to do something, then you literally, uh, you can tap into what that exact feeling of that is, right? Okay, well, I'm feeling fear around this. The next step that you can do is once you recognize that, then you can actually mentally tell yourself, I don't have availability for that thought anymore. That's literally how you train your brain. And there is so much. I would definitely recommend you go listen to like subconscious programming, like Jim Fortin. There's like tons of people out there, Joe Dispenza, who are talking about this whole, like, we are literally, honestly, Dustin, we're just a product of our habits. But what we're trying to do is create a new spaceship based on old tool set. And it's, then we're like pulling out the tools and going, why can't I create this spaceship? Well, you can't create the spaceship because first you have to get new tools. And the way you do that is you're rewiring things. So you literally tell yourself, I don't have space for that low quality belief anymore. I don't have space for that anymore. That's just, and you that's actually, you know, I said like, you're, you have to make decisions from being that already, that multi-million dollar entrepreneur. That's how you do that is you say, I don't have space for low quality thoughts. Once you tell your brain that, then the new thought comes in, right? You replace it and you say, I do have space for this new quality thought, right? Well, that, you know, people think, oh my God, how am I going to do that all day long? Well, yeah, you do have to do it all day long for a little while. And then it's just like anything else. You, you, you don't, when you brush your teeth, you don't think of every single step anymore. If you did that, then our brain would use up way too many calories and then we wouldn't be able to come in and talk on podcasts, right? Our brains are highly efficient. So what happens is your brain goes, okay, she's told me that 25 times. So it sinks in, right? And then you don't have to start. That's the retraining process. Honestly, there are 
lots of strategies and sort of things like that that you can do to like build courses and all that stuff. And I go through all of that stuff too. But for me personally, I think that the work is, has to start with the inside or you can spend $50,000 on courses. And if you're not going to do it, then just because you go in some room and see that it, that somebody else has done this great ad campaign and that worked for them, if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to go live and, and really do the action items, then you've, you've done nothing for them or the people who are putting out this amazing life-changing product. Cause like you said, the really good entrepreneurs, they've gotten themselves out of the way. They're not actually putting products out because it makes them money. They're putting products out because it's changing lives. And that comes through in the conversation that comes through in the message and that comes through in the energy. And you can spot that immediately once you really tap into that. Those are great, great ideas and great thoughts to help us to get our own way and, and really understand where our bottlenecks, like where we can be the bottleneck, we need to figure out that really quickly and remove ourselves. And I, one thing you touched on that I loved. So I, my wife and I, we, we love um, doing marital counseling. And one thing that we do with marital counseling is we say with an exercise, like, cause you know, marital counseling, it's not, the relationship's not going that well. Yeah. And so what we do, okay, both of you, husband and wife separated just a little bit. This is what I want you to do get out two post-it notes. Okay. We give them two post-it notes, each get two post-it notes, say, okay, here's your time. This is, this is where you get all your frustrations out. I want you to write down on one post-it note, every single thing that annoys you about your spouse, like literally write it all down, get it all out, get it all out of the paper. Oh, so they, no. they're like, How long was like, her list, Dustin? <laughs> exactly. So they start, they start listing and listing and they get to usually about maybe four or five. And they're like, Okay, yeah, that, those those are good ones though. Those are good four or five, but the list really slows down really really quickly. It's uh, they start realizing that there are so many that are, that it seems like there's so many, but there's like three or four that are big ones. But anyways, they get to about four or five, and then they stop and like, okay, good, you got all those out, good. Now your other piece of paper or your other post-it note. What I want you to do is I want you to write all the good things about your spouse, what they do, like your husband, does he provide for the family or your, your wife, does she actually, um, you know, cook dinner or like whatever, whatever it might be. Like, what do you appreciate right. about your spouse? Yep. And then they start writing it out. And usually what I find is the both spouses can list out so many more positives than negatives. But here's the thing. And this is something that you, that you did, that you said that retraining your, um, your habits and retraining what you think. I say, okay, look at both of your lists right now. You hold them up and look at both of them. Don't show it to your spouse. Just look at both of them. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take the good list, put it in your purse or put it in your wallet, like put it in someplace that you can keep reminding yourself. Cause we just got to train our brains to look at the positives. Then take that negative list. We're going to burn it. We're literally going to tear it up. We're going to burn it. We're going to throw it away because we're going to tell ourselves we're not going to dwell on those negative things anymore because those are really hampering our relationships and it makes everything worse. Let's train our brains to not let that affect us anymore and work our way around it. So I, I love that. Now, there, Elizabeth, you gave us so many great insights, but I do want to jump now to the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. The first question is, Hopefully we have a little extra time, not working 40, 50 plus hours, that J-O-B, that just overbroke job for somebody else. And hopefully we have a little bit more time to give and to serve. How are you making the world a better place or your community or even just the people around you? 
Uh, well, I would say I, I study, uh, coaching a lot. It is a love of mine. Um, so I would definitely say, uh, that's something that I feel like I am providing. I'm just really, really dialing it up my dialing it up myself to get better and better at that. Also, um, you know, my product is helping people with their money. Right. And so I know someone the other day came to me and I mean, I was like in tears, she was like, you know, it was the first time that my husband and I had had a real conversation about money. And she said we were sitting at the dinner table and, you know, she has a, she has a baby. And she said, I realized that my child is actually going to end up growing up with positive money conversations now. And I just thought, oh my God, that's just, that's affecting generations. That's like going beyond, right? And so that right now, um, because I'm always thinking, okay, whatever energy I put out there, then other people are, can then put that out there as well. Right. So everyone's life that you're improving, I look at it like then they're improving someone else's life and someone else's life and blah, blah, blah. Right. So I love that. So I feel like that's, that's definitely in my daily, daily. Um, I, I coach as soon as I wake up in the morning, four 30, I start coaching. Um, and, uh, long-term, uh, my ultimate goal is to save a thousand horses. And I wrote that down years ago. I was at like, it was like a parade festival and it said, I want to, and it's like a big billboard. And then there was a line and then I, you write in chalk and I wrote, I want to save a thousand horses. So, um, I have a strong connection to horses. Uh, my wife was a professional racehorse jockey, so she has a strong connection to him. So really, you know, I feel like we've, we've, uh, we've, we breed a lot of horses. They don't have, we don't have the land. We don't have the space for them. So I would really like to, uh, we want to actually take them, take racehorses, take, take horses that have a lot of potential and then retrain them to be show horses or be trail riding horses or be a companion for someone or be a kid's horse or something like that. Right. Instead of just putting them in a little corral and saying, here, here's your food. Like, I don't feel like people want that. So I don't think horses would either. It's like, Oh, let's see what you're good at. And let's let you go do that. Right. Cause you're, I mean, that's, that's helping people in so many ways. So those are my big two driving forces for sure. Ongoing all the time. Yeah. I know my kid, my kids love horses or at least whenever they see horses, they they want to ride them. Yeah. They, they, so we, my, so actually what my wife is doing on Fridays, apparently there's, um, in, in Phoenix area, there's a, a ranch family that has a bunch of horses and they are actually for free. You're not paying, but you go there and you learn how to actually manage the horse, manage the stable, manage all that sort of stuff. And you go weekly, obviously they're getting help, you know, to do things around the, 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 um, the farm and everything, but my kids are really learning. So it's really great. They haven't actually started. They were just going to start. Then all the, the you know virus stuff hit. And so, you know, yes. everybody's locked down, but as soon as that's back up, we're going to be out there. So that's awesome. Okay. Your next question is if somebody were to get started, you've given us so much great insights, but if they were to get started in, getting multiple streams of income, what's one bit of advice that you would give them? I know it seems like our finances, not finances, but like our, our mental and changing that, but what is one idea or one bit of advice you would give to somebody? Um, I would um, look at it like you're living life in reverse. And so what I mean by that is if you can actually um, start providing right now for your retirement. And that could be in real estate that could be investing or whatever. If you literally just double down and can start providing for that right now, and that could be creating these multiple streams of income 
but it's funneling that to the, to, to your retirement. Then what happens is once you check that box, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Then if you look at the number of years that you actually have to make money and support yourself, it's actually very few. Because even if you start this at 25, I mean, you're really not talking about that many years, right? And so I would really look at it like, realize the fact that right now you're never more moldable, flexible, open, and that that money that you have coming in should go into assets that are going to definitely for the long term and then start to layer themselves in almost in reverse. Um, because I think that honestly, that is how you create the most freedom in your life and the most security as well, right? You know, like even stuff that we have going on now, right? The people with the assets are the ones who are doing the best right now. And even if you look at the solution we have right now, right? Asset best basic security, asset backed securities. So that's basically allowing companies to use their assets to their advantage, right? So that would be definitely the number one thing is how can you become asset rich as early as possible? I love that idea. How being asset rich. I love assets. Assets are things that are really going to, I not just make me wealthy, which is great, but I can pass them down to my kids. I can literally do whatever I want with assets. It's not like my job. I can't pass it over or down my job to my kids because they're a different person. Right. You can't do that. But with assets, you absolutely can. Okay. What is one bit of advice that you would give to your younger self? You know, you're young, I don't know, let's say 15, 16, 17 ish, uh, but business life, what's one bit of advice you would give yourself? Um, I would say, figure out, think of this sounds, this is going to sound really simple, but I, I think, think about what you actually want to do on a daily basis. Think about what you want your day to look like. Because I think that people always think about it in terms of what do I want to do or what type of money do I want to make, right? And I think that if you, anything you do in life, if you're operating from who you fundamentally are and who you naturally are, like for instance, like if you force someone to get up early every single morning and they're just not a morning person, then it's always kind of going against. There's always this point of resistance, right? So I would say for anyone who's that age, what you're really looking for, it's not about what you're going to do. It's how can I lower the points of resistance in my life? Because then you're more efficient in anything you do, right? And then that's when that leverage factor comes in, right? So it is, if you can really look at what would I want to do? I know for myself, I was going to go to medical school and then I decided I was like, I don't want to spend every day in a hospital, you know, I mean, great, great job. But once I figured that out and I'm so glad that I figured that out, you know, but it wasn't based on, did I want to be a doctor or not? It was based on something actually very simple. That's a great point. I love that idea that you're like, what am I going to do on a normal daily basis? And then starting from there, as opposed to the big thought, what am I going to do with my life? Like this is such a big, uh, that's great. Okay. So next question. What is one tool or an app or something that you use on a daily basis that we should look at using and implementing into our life? Um, Canva, for sure. I uh, use that all the time. Um, I love Kajabi. If you're a course builder, membership, anything like that, I know there's tons of them out there. I love Kajabi because uh, you have to pay for it, but it is an all-in-one kind of platform. 
Um, my latest fun, fun tool, cause I love to create like cool looking videos. I love epidemic sound and being able to like use the music from that. Um, my gosh, so many, I mean, I feel like that there's so many amazing tools coming up out there right now that it's just like you use them for a while and then like you hear about a new one and then you kind of move on to the next one. Right. But yeah, I would say those, those bubble to the surface for sure. That's great. Now, what is one nonfiction book that we should read? Um, Happy Pocket Full of Money, probably. Yeah, that that one definitely is going to teach you about money. Um, I, I really am a big believer that if you are building assets and you want to be like a generation level asset investor, that you need to understand things that go on in the economy. So I would say happy, happy pocket full of money is definitely more of a mindset money thing, but I would say snowball by Warren Buffett. Um, it's a big book, but Warren Buffett, I mean, just the way that he looks at things and lives his life and all of that. I think there is still so much knowledge to be gained from that. It's, I almost feel like if you can take the foundational principles from someone like, you know, Warren Buffett, Ray Dalio, all of these heavy hitters, but then you can add a modern flair to it. That kind of goes back to spotting these opportunities that we talked about and being ready for those. I've said it before and I'll definitely say it again. I would pay $10,000 a year instead of getting paid to work. I would pay to work for Warren Buffett. I'd pay 10,000. It'd be pocket change, like literally nothing to him, but I would pay money to work for him because how much I would learn just by being next to him, just by seeing how he runs his business, just by possibly being around his network. I would, and so you're right. If you can actually get a book that's by Warren Buffett, which you, obviously we're going to have to definitely get that. Um, it's such a great, great insight. So, man, Elizabeth, you give us so much great stuff. I can't believe it's already been over an hour and we, I feel like we could just keep going. Now, I do okay. want to give everybody the opportunity to reach out to you. How can they find you? You're with your podcast and your site and everything if they want to reach out to you. Well, they could go to uh, myfinancialstory.com. Uh, so I have a program. I'm, I'm reopening my program in a couple of weeks. I just finished a session and then sort of all of this stuff happened. And I was like, I had a few people reach out and they're like, is your program open? And I feel like, you know what? People need that right now. People need to really, this is a time where, um, if I can get people clear on their money, cause I have this, okay, so I'll give you just real quick. I'll give you like, I have this, uh, this metaphor of kind of what's going on right now. We're like little wind up toys. And so we have the opportunity right now to sort of keep winding, winding, winding and put the energy in because when things actually clear up out there, it's the people who have actually w been twisting that toy that you put the wind up toy down on the desk and it's just going to shoot off. Right. And so I feel like right now is the opportune time for people to get clear with their money and to really get in that opportunistic space, right? Like, okay, seeing clearly, right? So definitely myfinancialstory.com. Um, I love Instagram, so I'm constantly there and that's where I've, you know, put a lot of videos and stuff like that. Um, I have a podcast coming out called Wild Horses, but I don't have it out yet. I'm about a week out from that. So, and that's where I talk about all of the, how horses like tie in, like what I learned from horses tie into business and all of that. So I'm just kind of like merging those two worlds because it's, it's crazy how like these parallel realities that are going on. I mean, we have a lot of like things we learn a lot from sports, right? I mean, you, you're, you're into, is it wrestling? It's weightlifting, right? Weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. 
And don't you love how you get these sort of metaphorical things that come from weightlifting that are like, oh my gosh, I could apply that to business, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good, man. Horses. Elizabeth, I am super excited to have you on. Thank you again for helping me to start Successful Unemployed, at least getting those thoughts out of my brain, pulling those things out of my brain. So I was like, and you know what? I am absolutely loving Successfully Unemployed, the, the podcast. I really thoroughly enjoy it because whenever I talk to anybody that's an entrepreneur, I, I gravitate towards entrepreneurs or people who are successful and employed. I literally just ask questions like this. So this is like a perfect fit for my personality because I just love asking questions like, how did you do it? How did you, like, I, I just want to learn. And yes. so this has been fantastic. So Elizabeth, I'm super excited to have you on. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. I am so incredibly honored. I mean, like this is just, this is absolutely amazing. You have no idea. I look up to you so much in terms of like just you as a person, but also real estate. It's funny because I've been buying real estate since, I don't know what, like 2007 or something. And uh, I told my wife, I'm like, the next piece of property we buy, we're going to go through Dustin because he knows way more than we do. <laughs> you know, I love the fact that you're like, you're like my real estate guy now. So. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I'm there yes. for you. Great. Okay. You yes. take care of yourself. All right. You too. Thank you, Dustin. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.